Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 2. Greetings, conversationalists. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across America. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program, always happy to have you. Text Eric, E-R-I-C-K, to 33777. More importantly... I just sent out the recipe of the week. It's a skillet chicken with sun-dried tomatoes. That's the recipe of the week I sent out. If you want to be on the recipes list, uh, you just text the word recipe singular, not plural, singular recipe to 33777. Uh, We've got my my assistant has helped me take on the role to make sure I send out the recipes every week. Now, we got to talk about what's going on in Congress because, well, the moderates of the GOP look like they may be siding with the House Democrats here shortly. So let me explain the theater. And it is theater. We're careening towards a government shutdown. And I'm normally okay with a government shutdown. But there is a problem here. So the House Republicans got all the 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 families in a room. You, you know, Godfather, and and you get all the families in a room, and and the mob bosses all get together, and they divide up the area, and, and occasionally they go to war with each other, but generally they they try to get together in a room and plot who's the drug runner, who's who's doing the shakedowns, who's the extortionist, who controls the ports, who controls Long Island, who's got Manhattan, and they lay out their territories and what they can control and what they do. You, you got the, 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 the crime families. Well, the House Republicans, because they have such a small majority, they've, they've only got a four-vote majority, they don't have the crime families. they got the ideological families. they got the group. So you get the House Freedom Caucus run by Scott Perry. You get the uh, Republican Study Committee. You get the Main Street Partnership. You get the, the problem solvers. You, you get all the – you get the, the heads of the, of the ideological families together. So you get the moderates. You got the liberals. You got the mainstream conservatives. You've got the, the really committed principal conservatives. You got the leadership. They all sit at the table and they cut a deal together. And the idea is that if you can get unanimity around the table, then they each of them can go back to their respective ideological group and say, hey, here's the deal. This is the deal we've got. This is a good deal. Let's take it. Here's the problem, though, this time. Two deals. One was the defense budget. And the other was an outline of a continuing resolution. The conservatives and the moderates got together, and they agreed to an 8% across-the-board cut to the government except for defense and veterans affairs. So every single department of government would see at least a 1% cut except defense and department and Department of Veterans Affairs. And then combined, it would be about an 8% real-world cut, not cut to the future growth of government, but actual real cuts to current size of government. They took it back, and seven or eight Republicans said, nope, not going to do it. So they said, so what is your, what's your plan? Well, a couple of them came forward and said they wanted more spinning cuts. They wanted more cuts. They wanted, they wanted this. They wanted that. Some of them had no idea what they wanted. They just didn't like it. So now they've negotiated a little more uh, their plan. And 
that plan relies on a few more cuts. It relies on uh, more cuts to the Department of Justice. And they think they might have the votes. They're not sure. They think they might have the votes. They're not sure. Concurrent to all of this is a defense plan. So the defense appropriations budget, it fell by five votes. Some of the people who support the continuing resolution didn't support the defense budget. Ken Buck from Colorado, one of them. Here's what Ken Buck says. The problem with the defense plan is that it warrants concrete numbers. They were trying to pass a defense budget that used budget estimates, not concrete numbers. And he wants to know what the real numbers are. He didn't want to pass a framework for a budget, and that's really what it was, a framework for spending, saying we'll, we'll spend no more than X, Y, or Z. And really it was we'll spend no more than X, Y, or Z depending on A, B, and C. He says he didn't want to do that. And this was the, the large objection from Republicans is that uh, what is purported to be a spending package for the Defense Department isn't really. It's not a, a real spending package for the Defense Department. It's estimates of what might be spent. They've never done it before. And so you have these five Republicans say, I'm not going along with this. I want to know what the real numbers are. I'm not going to vote for it until we have a real budget uh, uh, appropriation. So that died. Well, now, uh, this just in from 1124 a.m. from Politico. Speaker Kevin McCarthy's newest bid to pass a GOP-only short-term spending plan, which he outlined for members, already looks to be on life support. It's the latest sign of the Herculean lift the Californian faces to get even a doomed party-line Republican bill through the House. So far, McCarthy has at least nine no votes on his new proposal, even with steeper spending. Other Republicans suggest they will oppose a short-term funding bill more generally. The no votes so far, Eli Crane of Arizona, Matt Rosendale of Montana, Dan Bishop of North Carolina, Andy Briggs of Arizona, and Andy Ogles of Tennessee. Each said Thursday they opposed the stopgap patch that GOP leaders laid out. Their opposition alone means that it can't come forward. They joined uh, Representative Matt Gates of Florida, Corey Mills of Florida, and Tim Burchett of, of Tennessee, as first out of the gate in opposition. Anna Paulina Luna of Florida is also a no on the newest plan. And then there's Tony Gonzalez, a moderate from Texas, who is critical of the spending plan. Lawmakers who are dubious include Marjorie Taylor Greene of Georgia, Lauren Boebert of Colorado, and Ken Buck of Colorado. One GOP leader requesting anonymity said leadership could also try to move the Department of Homeland Security spending bill after its second attempt to take up the massive defense bill. It appears the massive defense bill might be failing. So what's going on here? Let's say Republicans united and passed a spending plan. Do you know what would happen? It's dead in the Senate. It doesn't matter what House Republicans do. It's dead in the Senate. Senate Democrats won't go along, go along with any of it. You will notice in the media's framing of all of it, it's all about the Republicans in the House and the fixation on Republican dysfunction. Here's the problem. It takes two to come up with this deal. 
And the Senate Democrats think that they can draft a plan and the House Republicans are going to have to accept it. The House Republicans aren't going to accept the Senate plan. The Senate plan isn't going to accept the House Republican plan. At some point, there will be a compromise, and we're all losers for it. But there's something else going on here, too. There's something else. If the Republicans cannot come up with a plan to cut spending, Republican moderates will cut a deal with the Democrats, and we'll get bigger spending. So this is the issue for the GOP. The original plan was an 8% cut. The new plan's about a 10% cut. The 8% cut couldn't get past the Senate. The 10% plan can't, 10% cut can't even get past the House. At some point, Republicans are going to have to ask, do we really want to cut? And if so, you, look, you got the moderate, just for perspective right now, you got the liberal and the moderate Republicans saying they're fine with an 8% cut. They're fine with a 10% cut. It's the conservatives who want even more. The problem is some of them, like Matt Gates, he can't tell you what he actually wants. He just wants to vote no, and that's okay. It's his right. He just wants to vote no. The problem here where this heads is that the moderate and liberal Republicans say, well, we can't get a deal with ourselves. Let's go get a deal with the Democrats, and then we don't get cuts at all. So do you want cuts? We need cuts. If you want cuts because we need cuts, you got to go along with one of these deals. This is Chip Roy's argument from Texas, principled conservative. He's like, we're getting real world right now, 8% cut to 10% cut in government. Let's take this deal. We've never done this before. We've never cut government before. And the people who say it's not enough, it's not a good plan, they don't actually have a counterproposal. They, they literally don't have another counterproposal. They just want to vote no. If you keep voting no, the moderates are going to cut a deal with the Democrats, and you're going to get an increase in government, not a decrease in government. Now, the reality is you pass the 8% instead of the 10%, the Senate's still going to say no. But at least you've got a united caucus with a reasonable cut in single digits of the current size and scope of the federal government, and you've got ground to fight the Democrats on. The American people know we need cuts. National debt now exceeds $33 trillion. We need to cut. We, we actually do need to cut. And this is a plan to cut. And they don't want to cut the Democrats. They, they don't want to cut anything. But the problem remains on the Republican side. If you can't come out of this and get a deal among yourselves, the moderates are going to go to the Democrats. And we've got all sorts of issues going on right now, including this deep distrust of government. Listen to this from NBC News. The dysfunction in Congress is the tip of the spear of an unsettling political depression in America. A new report from Pew highlights the dismal and cynical view of politics that Americans hold about Congress, candidates, and government. Get this, only 5% of Americans, 5% say the political system works very or extremely well, when nearly three-quarters say it doesn't work too well, if at all. And trust in the government has hit a 70-year low, with just 16% saying they trust the federal government to do the right thing all or most of the time. Keep those numbers in mind the next time there's a debate about saving our democracy, because right now voters don't seem to view our current system as very much worth saving. Listen, 
here's the issue. If Republicans can't agree on an 8 to 10% cut in government, if Republicans can't agree on an 8 to 10% cut in government, if the conservative hardliners, and, and the, these are the, these are more the performance guys, the Gates guys, he, he won't tell us what he wants. He just says it's not good enough, but he won't come up with something to tell us what he wants. What's going to happen is we're not going to get cuts at all. We're going to get growth. You're going to have the moderates go to the Democrats. That's what I'm deeply worried about is that the moderates go with the Democrats. When you've got Scott Perry, the chairman of the House Freedom Caucus, when you've got Chip Roy, when you got Ken Buck, when you got most of the House Freedom Caucus, overwhelmingly the majority of the House Freedom Caucus, who are the most conservative members of Congress saying this gives us not cuts to the future growth of government, but meaningful real-world current cuts of 8 to 10 percent, we should take this deal. And these other guys say, I'm not taking it. Well, what, do you, what more do you want? Well, I'm not going to tell you. At some point, they just want the government shutdown. And I'm a big fan of government shutdowns. But don't you want to impeach Joe Biden? That's going to slow the impeachment process down because the executive branch goes home. The lawyers aren't going to be able to respond to your requests for documents for impeachment. So the Republicans, the Republicans need to find a way to get on the same page here. This isn't about the Democrats. Yes, there will be a further compromise. And to some degree, this is what the Republicans understand here who are not going along with it is that it doesn't matter if they agree to this deal. It's not the ultimate deal because the Senate's going to kill it and they're going to have to revise it. The question, though, is do they stake out their agreed territory to begin with, their negotiating tactic on we want real-world cuts? Because if they can't agree to real-world cuts now, that's not going to be negotiated in the final legislation. It's going to be negotiated by moderates who reject any cuts. So better to take the cuts, I think, that most of the conservatives want than to just dig in your heels, cross your arms, and say, uh, let's just have a government shutdown. If you do that— you put the moderates and the liberals in pole position to negotiate a deal that's bad for all of us. I run a small business. You may not realize this radio show is small business. I've got employees. i got management headaches, hirings of employees, thankfully no firings. But you got to deal with the management burden sometimes. If you're a small business owner, you probably deal with those headaches as well. And sometimes I've realized it's better to outsourced to an HR department so you don't have to be the bad guy. Your employees can like you and you want to deal with an HR department that your employees can like for the most part when they need HR assistance. And you got to think about these things as a small business owner. Let's say somebody isn't showing up when they're supposed to. You don't want to have to be the confrontational bad guy. That's where Bambi comes in. Or an employee reports a serious issue like sexual harassment and you're not even sure if you got a documented policy. Bambi can take care of those things. With Bambi, you get access to a dedicated HR manager starting at just $99 a month. They're available by phone, by email, real-time chat, so you can do onboardings and terminations that run smoothly. Your team members help coaching for peak performance. Your business stays compliant with changing HR regulations, and they always change. Y'all, Bambi's dedicated HR managers are U.S.-based individuals who are dedicated to your business. So they seem like they're on your team, not just somebody from a different company, but actually on your team with the personal touches you want. So if you need HR assistance for your growing small business, reach out to Bambi, Bambi Bambi.com. Go right now, type in Eric Erickson under podcast. When you sign up, it'll help the show. It's spelled Bambi, B-A-M-B-E-E.com, Bambi.com. Type in Eric Erickson under podcast. 
start moving your business forward with great, dedicated, team-oriented HR. Bambi.com. Greetings. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Do you know... John Fetterman believes that you should be able to abort a child with Down syndrome. If you find out your child has Down syndrome, you should be able to exterminate the child. That child with Down syndrome has greater faculty than John Fetterman. John Fetterman, who can't put two sentences together, thinks that the child that is more able to articulate uh, words and meaning than him should be aborted. And he can't even bother to put pants on in the Senate. Now, if you find that disrespectful or, or crass or rude, uh, a man who wants to dress like a slob in the U.S. Senate doesn't deserve my respect. Stephen Hawking, the paralyzed, in a wheelchair, scientist, who could still put a suit on to go to Washington, D.C., or have someone put a suit on him to meet the President of the United States, and John Fetterman can't be bothered. And the Democrats have decided to scrap the decorum of the Senate for one man who's too lazy to put on pants. I was glad to see the Washington Post call BS on that. If you can't do the job, and part of doing the job is you put on a suit to show up to vote. It's one of the rules. If you can't do it, maybe you should not be in Washington, D.C. The man dresses like a bum and lived off of mommy and daddy for a very long time. He's spectacularly unaccomplished other than he was able to get himself elected to office. The city where he was mayor is a deteriorating slum. And now he dresses like he's a bum off the streets of that city in the United States Senate. No respect for this guy because he has no respect for anything or anyone else, including himself, by the way. Now, I want you to go to stamps.com and save yourself some money. You can save over 80% off some shipping costs. Uh, Listen, you get really competitive rates for the post office and for UPS through stamps.com. You can do everything through stamps.com. You don't have to go to the. You don't have to even show up and stand in line. You can you can have them come to you and pick up your packages. If you got a lot of shipping to do for Christmas for small business for yourself, like I, I send stuff to people a lot, and I've got a little thermal printer and I print off my labels from stance.com, and then I like sh- I'll show up. I, I don't really schedule deliveries very often because of my schedule, but I can show up, go to the post office or UPS, and just drop the package off. Don't have to queue up in the line. You can right now, for a limited time, get some free postage. You can you can get a free digital scale. You can get so much more. You can do it all at stamps.com. You click on the microphone. You put in my name, Eric, E-R-I-C. Hey, listen, there's no long-term obligation, and there's no contract commitments. You just go to stamps.com, click on the microphone, put in my name, Eric, start saving money, skip the line, print your postage at stamps.com. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number. Let me check in on a phone call here. Uh, Yeah, if you want to call in 877-973-7425. Israel, uh, am I getting your name right? Yes, sir. How you doing, Eric? I'm doing well. How about yourself? 
Oh, no, I'm kind of teed off now. I've been listening to you for years, but I just finally broke down and called. I'm up here being hounded in New York right now. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, 18-wheeler, uh, that's just a whole nother story. It's same thing, though. These people in government passed all these laws, never drove an 18-wheeler in their life, and got us with the EGR systems, always break it down, cost thousands of dollars to repair. This truck been in shop since 5 this morning. Because our EGR system, Sunday government say you got to put on your truck for global warming. Good grief. But that's another story, though. Now, my main thing, calling is this budget thing. It's only for 30 days, this 8% cut. Yes. And mind you, this, this these same people who are crying about can't let the government shut down, can't let the government shut down. They didn't have a problem with when we had COVID mm-hmm. with the government shutting down. They didn't have a problem with that. And the same ones who crying about it, they didn't have a problem when they rushed the ominous bill in right before the new Congress took seat. You know, the same ones rushed the ominous bus, in, bus bill in right before the new Congress, right before the Republicans right. took over the House. You know, so let it shut down. Let let it shut down. I mean, these people make six figures, close to two hundred grand a year, to work four five months out of the year. You know, what can they do in thirty days that they couldn't do in nine months? You know, what, what, what do we, and you've been saying for the longest by Kevin McCarthy. He's lick his fingers, stick it in the air, and go where the wind blows. Yep. I don't trust him. I don't trust him. I don't trust Matt Gates, but I'm going to ride with Matt Gates on this one. <laughs> he probably don't know what he want to do, but he know what he don't want to do. You can't trust these people. Nope. You, you can't trust them. So we all better off let them shut down. We'll shut down with COVID. Yeah, look, I, know, I mean, and, 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 I, I've never, I've never opposed the government shutdown. Now, I, I have one concern here, and it is that the moderates go collaborate with the Democrats, and they rush through a big government expansion to avoid the shutdown. That's my concern, uh, and the Senate would go along with that. Well, yeah, but they don't do that anyway. They're going to try. But here's the thing: uh, if if the Republicans will stick together, and you've got the moderates already on record, they'll take an eight percent cut. So if they go with the 8% cut, yeah, the Democrats won't go along with it, but the Republicans can say, we, we do got to make a cut. We're all united on cuts. You got to give us a little bit of something, even if it's 1% or 2% instead of 8%. I don't want the moderates so I, to say— So after the 30 days, yeah, then, then we're right back to where we started. Well, yeah, and that's that's the relevant point here, and I'm glad you brought that up because I forgot to earlier is that this then, is only a 30-day deal. And then, and then my ear, these people him. They tell us 30 days, okay, we're in September 9th. They're going to go on winter break. So what, what the hell are they going to do? They're going to go on winter break again. Yep, yep. So so, so after these 30 days, where are we going? They yep. got Thanksgiving coming up, Christmas coming up. They mm-hmm. ain't coming back to work to probably January. Well, and, and then they're going to be campaigning. Don't forget, they took the cap off the debt ceiling so they can spend as much as they want through 2025 or to January 2025. Yep, that, I don't trust them. Nope. You know, I I. I I don't I don't trust them. I'm, that's all I'm saying. I want the people to know that this thing is just for 30 days. It's not like we asked for eight percent cut, you know, all across the board, you know, for the whole budget year. This yeah, well, no, 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 no. Now hang on. People, yeah, now Israel, hang on on that one because that eight percent cut they would bake it into the large plan. That was their agreement. Was the eight percent would be baked into whatever new plan they do after 30 days. They would bake that in. I, I'm actually getting a text message from member of Congress so that that you you would like um, who's listening to us right now. He says that was the internal deal. Is that if they go with this eight percent cut, it's not just for thirty days. They're going to do an eight percent for the rest of this 
30-day deal that comes up next. Um, which I'm, and, and I missed that how point. Far you, how far you think they're going to get past the Senate? Well, yeah, th- 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 that's the point. Yes, that's the point, uh, is that it's not going to get past the Senate. However, uh, the argument from the other side, from the conservatives who go along with it, is that if you if you say we're going to do an 8% cut, then the Democrats can't come in and say we're going to grow government. They're either going to have to stay the same or they're going to have to give a 1% cut uh, in the negotiations. They're not going to be able to bloom government. The Democrats want to actually grow everything. That's that's where they're headed. Um, this is to set the negotiations for the larger deal. And if you know coming in the Republicans are unified on an 8% cut, the Democrats can't come in and say, actually, we're going to go with the 3% increase. It's either going to be status quo or nothing, which I don't like the status quo deal either. I think they need to fight for a cut, which is why I think that go – Go the 30 days. Here's my strategy here is you go this 30 days and you establish an 8% cut and then you shut the government down when you come to negotiate the next deal until the Democrats give you a cut. I mean, what, what, what are they going to do? They're not going to let you in a national park. You can go walk by yourself without a tour guide. Um, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Hey, Eric, you know the old one did that was Obama when they shut it down? Yeah. He closed the, he closed the parks on the mountain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Remember, remember he closed the parks, and so people were still walking on the National Mall, so he had to go hire security and put security on the National Mall and say, you're not allowed to walk on the grass. It's closed. Yes. Only these people. I tell you, only these people. Uh, this, uh, what's the word they always use? Uh, you know, uh, get along. Everybody get along. Yeah. And, Go along, get along. You know, you know yeah, you, you, it's compromised when you agree with them, but you don't agree with them. You're the bigot and oh, yeah. all this other stuff. And, you know. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. Quality. All right. So now, listen. <laughs> you you get back home safely, uh, and, and God bless you for being out there working, uh, driving a truck. Because I, I know it's not easy and being away from family and being on the road so much. But I appreciate you listening, and I loved our conversation. Yeah, I'm always on my WSB app. Always excellent. Uh, listen, I know my boss at WSB is going to love hearing that. Israel, thanks very much for the call. Now, to to the point. If I if I were in charge of the strategy, I would tell them go for the eight percent. Go for the it's only for thirty days. But if you bake in the eight percent as your framework, the Democrats in the Senate they're going to reject it. But when the Democrats come back and say, "Well, we want spending increases," you're going to say, "Look, our side is unanimous eight percent cut." So either there's going to be no cut. We're going to we're going to use last year's levels or you're going to cut something. We're not going to increase at all. And you've got your negotiating framework. And then you get through the next 30 days with no increase. And when you do the big deal at the end of 30 days, you come back and say, no, we're, we, we can't go with the status quo. we got to cut. And the Democrats say, well, you're going to shut down government. They say, well, we're going to shut down the government. You got to give us something. Give us sequestration. Put sequestration back in. Put some cut back in. We're not cutting defense. We're not cutting veterans. We got to cut everything else. So buy yourself some time. The Democrats are not going to accept an eight percent cut. They're they're not. They're, they're not going to accept an eight percent cut. But if you start at eight percent or ten percent, would be even better. That's the new deal. Is ten percent. Go with ten percent. Pass it. And when the Democrats come back, say we're going to reject it. Republicans say, well, we got a problem here. Our, our, Oh, what is that? I have no idea. I think I accidentally hit a button. That's a first for me. I accidentally hit a button and fired up a phone call, and there's no phone there. Look at that. But to my point, before I before I bore you all, is set the framework. So the Democrats, to Israel's point, they're not going to accept any cuts at all. 
So the GOP says, okay, well, then that means we can't raise anything because our side wanted a 10% cut. Y'all don't want any cuts. That means we can't raise anything. We're going to have to use last year's, we're going to have to use last year's budget framework. The Democrats will go along with that. And in 30 days, you're going to renegotiate this thing. And in 30 days, you're going to say, well, our side still wants cuts. I guess we're going to shut the government down. And now you got the Republicans all on the same side of, of hey, 8% cuts. And even the moderates would be bound because the moderates are the moderates have said, we'll go with 8%. The moderates are saying, we'll go with 8%. So you've given Democrats now 30 days to find cuts. The moderates will be hard-pressed to walk that back. Now, the reality is what they could still do is cut a deal with the Democrats, the moderates could, and raise spending. But if the moderates are all on the record saying we'll take an 8% cut, I think it actually makes it harder for them to say, no, no, we'll go along with a spending increase. I, I, I do think it makes it harder for them because some of those moderates actually do think that we have a national debt problem. The Don Bacon's of the world from Nebraska. I know the guy. He's a moderate. He, he's willing to cut a deal with the Democrats to keep the government open. But he doesn't want any spending increases at all. He's very adamant that there will. it's either status quo, we spend what we've spent last year and no more, or we do a budget cut. I, and, and so when you get that, there's a dynamic there for the GOP to actually have a win. But the problem is, and this is Israel's point, is, is Kevin McCarthy sticks his finger in the wind, sees which way the wind blows – and he's not willing to fight and win. Victoria Sparts, I, you know, I said Indiana, but I think she may be Wisconsin, and she's, she's stepping aside. Victoria Sparts is – no, 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 she is Indiana. She represents the 5th Congressional District in Indiana, and she's done with McCarthy. She grew up in the Soviet Union. She hates the communists. She's been the most vocal Republican supporting funding Ukraine. She's from Ukraine, but in the Soviet Union, Ukraine was part of the Soviet Union. She's the most vocal supporter, the Republican side of the House. She's actually a more articulate supporter for funding Ukraine than Joe Biden is, but she's done. She's tired of the nonsense, and she's tired of McCarthy pretending he's going to fight, and he doesn't fight, and he stands for nothing. He sticks his finger in the wind, and she's like, I, I'm, I'm going for a government shutdown if you're not going to fight. You know, meanwhile, the GOP has other things they, they got to start worrying about. I want to play you this audio. This is George Gascon. He is the district attorney for Los Angeles. A murder suspect killed a Los Angeles Police Department deputy, Ryan Klingenbrumer. Listen to this. Seems like it's a, a possible death penalty case. What is the status of your office's policy on pursuing the death penalty? Look, if I thought that seeking the death penalty was going to bring Ryan back to us, I will seek it without any reservation. But it won't. If I thought that the death penalty was going to stop people from committing brutal murders, I will seek it, but we know that it won't. The reality is that the death penalty doesn't serve as a deterrent, and the death penalty does not bring people back. You know, if you actually used it, it would serve as a deterrent, but you don't even want to use it. You don't even want to use it. 
lot of people in Los Angeles outraged about George Gascon coming out immediately saying, nope, we're, we're, we're not doing the death penalty. This, this police officer was murdered in his police car. He had just proposed to his girlfriend. He was shot and killed sitting in his police car. And Gascon has led a lot of people out of prison who should be in prison. He didn't want to go for the death penalty in a case like this. He claims it's not a deterrent. Well, it's not a deterrent when you never actually use it. You let people sit in death row for 70 years till they die. These are the sorts of things Republicans need to be focused on. And they need to focus on their budget of supplementing police departments where they can and helping them fight crime and denying funds from cities and counties that are letting people out of prison that they shouldn't be letting out of prison. And McCarthy doesn't seem to have a game plan. He careens from crisis to crisis to crisis. It's probably time for Kevin McCarthy to go as Speaker of the House. They cut a deal, and he's been breaking the deal ever since. And he's not making matters better. And there's a there's an argument that, well, no other Republican could herd the cats like Kevin McCarthy. Maybe. But why not give it a try? Why not give it a try? Instead of constantly relying on a guy who licks his finger and sticks it in the wind. Surely we can do better. Now. If you've gone to a big box store to buy your computer, I can guarantee you you can do better by going to Vision Computer. Vision Computer can build your laptop or desktop. You need a PC? You need it to be cutting edge? You need it for specific purposes? They'll work with you to design the computer you want, the computer you need for your home, for your kids. Kids headed off to college, kids in the last year of school, they need a computer. Vision can take care of you. What about your office as well? You own a small business, you need somebody to be your tech support, you don't want to hire an IT person, Vision Computer can serve that role. Each of your employees get the phone number, they can call, Vision fixes their computers, they build the computers, they fix the computers, software, hardware, they save you money. All you do is go to visioncomputers.com or you can call them 404-COMPUTE. Now listen, those of you in Phoenix, Arizona, our newest affiliate, you can do this as well. Yeah, it's 404, that's an Atlanta area code, but Vision Computers can take care of you as well, anywhere nationwide. Visioncomputers.com or 404-COMPUTE. Now here's the deal. If you call and ask about the Eric Erickson special, you're not going to find it online at visioncomputers.com. But if you call them at 404-COMPUTE and ask about the Eric Erickson special, they're going to save you even more money. Visioncomputers.com or 404-COMPUTE. Greetings. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson. The phone number 877-973-7425 should you wish to be on the program. Can I – so I realize it's an old story, but I, I just saw some chatter online, and, and I just think it's it's worth bringing up again. Can we talk about Bud Light for a minute? Braun, uh, the, the shaving company, has its new ad campaign, features a trans man shaving. You can see the mastectomy car uh, scars. Uh, and it's a, it's a woman who – um, he had a double mastectomy to look more masculine and went on a lot of testosterone and has started growing facial hair and, and Braun is now using this woman to advertise its men's shaving products. You notice conservatives are not out demanding stores pull their products out. 
just like conservatives never demanded that people stop selling Bud Light. They just stopped selling. And, and the media accused it of cancel culture. We, we weren't showing up demanding action. We just stopped buying it. And I got to say, I, I've had more and more encounters. Like my the golf course I belong to has stopped keeping Bud Light in stock because nobody's asked for it in months. And they just they 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 don't stock it anymore. Local restaurant that I went to had a had a, a ton of Bud Light, and I commented when I, w- I was at this restaurant because they opened the cooler. I wanted a Miller Light. They they opened the door and there was a bunch of Bud Light, and I said, "Oh, you're like the first place I've seen in a while that has a, a big stock of Bud Light." And the guy's like, "Yeah, because we can't sell it." The disastrous policies of two woke people in the advertising division of Anheuser-Busch didn't just hurt Anheuser-Busch, but hurt a lot of mom-and-pop businesses that are distributors of Anheuser-Busch. And you've got more companies that still haven't gotten a clue, like Braun. And, and Braun could probably get away with it. Harry's Razors. I'm using up my Harry's Razors and I'm moving on. I'm just I'm, I'm kind of tired of using a company that hates me, hates my values, um, goes out of their way to insult them. Razor blades are expensive. I'll use what I've got, and I'll find something else. Uh, maybe I'll go with Jeremy's razors. You know, Jeremy Boring over at Daily Wire now having a, a razor company. Um, I just I'm I, I'm I abhor companies on all sides just bringing their politics into it. I I, I want to be able to use products, goods and services that aren't political, that aren't bringing their politics to bear. That there should be some common ground out there, and increasingly, it's the wokes. It's not us. It's not us demanding some sort of political affiliation. It's it's the wokes. The wokes are the ones pushing it. Um, you you got to adhere to their side or not. And I'm just kind of tired of having to bend to the politics of the left on these issues. I'm just not going to do it. it doesn't mean I'm going to protest or demand that people pull products from stores. That's not my style. I'm just going to choose to go elsewhere, choose to shop elsewhere, choose to buy else, choose to buy other products.